Investor intelligence provides general information only. You should consider seeking independent advice to see how this information relates to your unique circumstances. Please refer to the terms and conditions available at investorintelligence.com.au for more. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Investor Intelligence, brought to you by the team at The Property Mentors. It's your weekly podcast for all things investment and hosted by me, Phoebe Sikowski-Wallace. So joining me for today's episode is our very own investment expert, Luke Harris. Fancy seeing you here, Luke. Yes, thank you, Phoebe. Good to be back. So, Luke, the RBA released their announcement last week. Can you give us a quick rundown on what's happened and what's changed there? Well, surprise, surprise, interest rates have gone up again. And uh, mm. you know, this is the uh, 10th consecutive rise. And, Shocking. you know, this is really the, the highest they've been for the last 11 years. So, it is, it is quite an interesting uh, time for us to be in right now. And I know we talk about interest rates a lot. But the last RBA announcement was basically uh, highlighting the fact that inflation is uh, getting a little bit out of control and they need to bring that uh, back into a normal range, uh, mm. which is in their normal normal target range. So interest rates seems to be the only tool that they've got available to do that. And that's what they're using to, uh, to slow down consumer spending. Mm. And that normal range, where is that usually sitting again? Well, generally, we're looking at overall long-term um, interest rates for the retail market at around 7%, which is you know, still a little bit higher than where we are today. A lot mm-hmm. of people have actually seen uh, you know, interest rates uh, at much higher rates, up to 18% many, many years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. And we've seen rates for you know, 9%, 8% uh, that people have been paying on their mortgages. And so what uh, people that have bought in the last five or six or seven years have really bought into a time that is historically the lowest rates we've ever seen. So uh, home buyers and investors that have bought in the last few years really haven't seen them at these current rates. And that's why there's a lot of uh, mortgage stress out there at the moment. Yeah. So we recently released an episode on inflation, what it is sort of more broadly and why interest rates are used to try and you know, control and tackle inflation. So today I kind of wanted to talk to you about how inflation impacts more specifically the property market. So Luke, when it comes to property, we know inflation affects house prices, but is it just house prices that are affected or are there other aspects to consider? Well, obviously inflation affects all areas of the economy, uh, but uh, unfortunately it hasn't affected uh, wage increase. A lot of people have noticed that the cost of living has gone up dramatically. Um, in particular, food has gone up a huge amount in the last few years. Um, yeah. Overheads that people have in their in their household, such as electricity and gas, uh, insurance costs have gone up for for cars and homes and other things. And so, inflation really is affecting uh, affecting the cost of living, uh, but it hasn't actually helped with any wage growth at all. Wage growth has been relatively stagnant, and uh, that's that's really causing a lot of stress for people. So what's happening there as opposed to last time we've had we've been in a situation where interest rates have started to, to go up or inflation started to go up? What's happening as far as wage increases? 
Well, I think wage increases have been stagnant for some time because of the fact that obviously we've just come out of the pandemic and there's been a lot of restructuring sure. and a lot of businesses that have really suffered uh, through that business and, and we certainly weren't immune to that. Our, our businesses were affected uh, by COVID at different different levels to, to other businesses but in, in every, uh, every sector there have been businesses impacted by COVID and that's meant mm. restructures, uh, extra costs for retaining staff during COVID for those that were able to do that. A lot of businesses yeah. had to close but a lot of businesses stayed open and retained their staff and traded through. Uh, and a lot of businesses still, you know, essentially paying that off. And it, it is a tricky time out there for businesses. And obviously costs of, uh, you know, like I said, insurances and other things have been continually going up. And in some businesses, in particular the building sector that we've seen, uh, there's been, you know, uh, shortages of labour. There's been shortages of uh, uh, materials for building houses and so forth. And a lot of those uh, costs, as we've seen through the media with builders going bust and, uh, you know, developers going broke and so forth is because they've committed to prices that they they literally cannot build them for. Timber prices mm. have gone up by 60, 70% in some cases. Um, you know, yeah. cable and, and other things that are required to build homes have gone through the roof and, and even the roof has gone through the roof. <laughs> so, you know, the cost of everything to put a, put a building together has, has gone up and, you know, people are really struggling to, you know, navigate through that. Uh, especially in the building industry. So really when it comes down to um, how it's affected wage growth, um, wage growth has been stagnant through this time. And what's happened though is that um, we've, we've continued to spend money regardless and this is driving inflation mm-hmm. and we're you know, looking at the RBA and how they're responding to this and the, the only tool that they've got really to, uh, to curb inflation is to put interest rates up. And we've got to be mindful of the fact that um, they're not done yet. Uh, they said uh, in their recent announcement that they were looking to potentially pause for a little while, but a lot of the um, commentators out there talking about interest rates are saying, well, whilst they might talk about pausing, uh, it's likely that we're still in for another couple of rate rises this year. Mm. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other thing to keep in mind is that we're still a full 1% behind where the US interest rates are. They're sitting at around 4.5% at the moment and Mm. we're 1% behind that. So we often follow what the US does as far as their economy and and how things things are done and we really are uh, still in a a relatively affordable interest rate period. I know that's going to sound odd to some people but uh, if you look at the long-term average in Australia, we're still below the long-term average. Uh, it's just that there has been a lot of mortgage shock and a lot of stress caused by people, uh, more so that have uh, either borrowed too much or that have borrowed for the first time during the last five or six years. Yeah, definitely. So when interest rates and inflation are high, what kind of behaviours do we sort of see in the market? And following on from that, does it kind of change whether they're investors or if they're homeowners? Well, yeah, investors and home homeowners are, you know, they're all affected by it and obviously tenants are affected as well. But when the sure. sort of behaviours that we see really by this is um, around uh, people's cost of living going up. So they, they try and um, curb that spending by in- increasing interest rates. But a lot of people have sort of been living a certain lifestyle and it takes a little while for people to adjust. Now, yeah. one of the things that people can do when their household budget uh, needs a review. Uh, if people are struggling with payments on either their investments or their, their um, owner-occupied uh, debt or even just the credit card or their, their overall 
expenses, um, it's a good time to sit down and do the do the family budget again. Uh, look at your options about where your money's going. Make sure you understand where your money's going and see if there's any efficiencies that can be made. I mean, you know, Victoria and I, I believe New South Wales were doing this as well. Uh, the government's paying $250 to people uh, just to do a review of their electricity bill. So if you can just mm. do a quick quick Google search, it's basically do a review of your electricity bill, see if there's a cheaper option out there. And just for doing that, it takes five minutes on the website. The, they will yeah. bank $250 into your bank account. So yeah. there's there's money for nothing for everybody on the call. Yeah, uh, some have of the a easiest money you'll make for sure. <laughs> that, that's it. And it literally is only five minutes. You put your electricity bill details in there. There's no cost and there's certainly not nothing to sign up for. Uh, and if you can find a better deal on your electricity, fantastic, then you can switch mm. over. Um, but have a look in your own state or territory as to whether your governments are actually offering that. I know that uh, Victoria, I believe at the end of this month, they've got a new round uh, happening. They did it last year and they're doing it again this year. Uh, mm. But have a look in your state or territory and see if they've got that. But what what we often see is that people uh, t- tend to take a little while to adjust their spending. So what happens is interest rates go up a little bit, people think they can deal with it, they keep spending at the same levels, interest rates go up again, they might slow down a little bit, but it takes several rate rises for people to actually slow down with their spending and it's really that discretionary spending where people uh, you know, go out to the movies or go out for a dinner. Instead of going out a couple of times a week, they might drop that back down to once a week or once a mm. fortnight. And that's really the effect that we're seeing. And essentially, you know, repayments on your average home loan have risen by 50% since April 2022. I mean, that's that's not even a full year and people's rates have gone up by, uh, repayments, sorry, have gone up by 50%. So mm. the average mortgage holder out there is actually coughing up quite a bit of extra money to cover these interest rate rises. So that's going to have an effect at some point. Uh, like I said, we're probably expecting a couple of interest rate rises before things calm down a little bit. Yeah, it really is a surefire way to um, to assess what kind of spending habits you have, hey, and, and when where you need to cut back. But you're right that would that would take many people a little bit of time to adjust adjust those spending habits. Well, I think the the reality is is that if if the RBA doesn't get inflation under control, um, it it can you know, do the opposite and get get out of control. And that mm. can mean, uh, you know, some, some bigger issues for the economy uh, down the road a little bit further. So uh, as much as people don't like rates going up and, you know, I certainly don't like paying extra for my uh, many, many mortgages, but at the mm-hmm. end of the day, uh, they are doing what they need to do uh, and it is a sensible option. People don't necessarily agree with that and they're, you know, essentially, um, you know, a lot of people are pretty angry with the RBA and also with the banks uh, but the reality is, is that inflation uh, is here on our doorstep and they have to do mm-hmm. these things and take these measures. Otherwise, uh, there are bigger problems ahead. Yeah, no, it's definitely a good time to adopt some uh, good money habits for sure. So speaking of COVID before, during COVID, we saw the property market boom, um, which would have obviously had an impact on inflation over the last few years. Do you think what we're seeing at the moment is almost like a natural correction from the impact of COVID? Interesting question. I think look the the thing that we've got to look at during COVID, during 2020 and 21, and through a good part of 2022, developers and landowners and also uh, homeowners, first home buyers, a lot of people sat on the sidelines during those two and a half years. 
And what that meant was that uh, we weren't in a normal property market. Prior to that, 2019, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 2018, 2019, the markets were tipping, uh, ticking along, doing what they need to do. People were buying and selling and transacting property. Developers were putting together projects and they were starting developments and really in a normal, healthy property market. There were markets that were doing better than others and others that weren't performing as well. But overall, we were in a relatively normal, stable uh, property market. Now, 2020 hit, that changed everything. It really did throw Mm. the biggest spanner in the works that we've seen, at least for the last uh, handful of decades, 50 years or so. We've we've never seen anything that has affected property markets for as long as the COVID um, periods did. So, when we saw the property uh, markets boom, um, that was partly due to what was happening prior to COVID, but also because a lot of people sat on the sidelines. Now, when COVID sort of started settling down towards the end of 2021 and into 22, people thought maybe it's safe to tip, dip my toes in the water again and get back out there. Um, and yes, that has had an, uh, an effect on inflation, but obviously with developers and uh, builders not starting new developments. Prior to COVID, we were in a housing shortage across this country that we weren't building enough homes. And what this has done, the last, you know, essentially taking, you know, 80 to 90% of new developments out of that market during a two and a half year period has mm-hmm. meant there's been an insane shortage of properties being built. And as we've seen through the media for the last 12 months or more, with a lot of builders going under, a lot of developers going under, um, that's put further supply uh, pressures into the market. And, of course, we've got to look at the supply chain issues that we've seen as well with a shortage of materials. There's been a shortage of uh, timber and cables and pipes and other materials that people need for building. And, mm-hmm. of course, that has slowed down a normal construction cycle. So all of these things combined have meant you know rising costs on materials, rising costs on labour. Uh, there's been delays and builders going broke. Plus, there was uh, a period where two and a half years or so, there was no new starting. And we're talking in general terms, there was new development starting, mind you, but a, a huge portion of uh, what, what would normally happen in a market uh, was put on hold. So mm. when we come out of that, you know, moving into the start of 2023, we simply don't have enough new homes coming onto the market to meet the demand. The other thing yeah. to see, uh, you know, as, as a... Uh, uh, an impact from from COVID is that a lot of international students left and they, they went home and they sort of packed up and got out of Australia and went back to their families and obviously studying was different and everything went online. What's happening now is that uh, China and India uh, have, well, China in particular have changed their rules recently uh, to make sure that their students can't study online anymore. They have to actually go mm-hmm. to the university. So we're expecting around 40,000 students uh, to come into Australia in the next few months uh, you know, for the balance of this year. And that's really going to put more pressure onto the, the housing markets, especially in the inner city areas, in the apartment market, which was really decimated during COVID, especially in mm-hmm. places like Melbourne. And yeah. with those students coming back into the market along with uh, the, you know, the national... Um, the, sorry, the natural migration into uh, the bigger cities around the country is going to put further pressure on housing. Yeah, so we're going to be seeing a lot of uh, competition, I guess, to, to get into a house. We're seeing it now and people mm. that are looking for a new property that's completed 
Uh, people are paying a, a lot of money for those properties because people want to live in a newer property. Um, but we're also seeing areas that traditionally haven't performed well that have started to perform extremely well. And we're really starting to see that uh, critical mass, especially in places like Sydney. Uh, we've seen a lot of growth in Brisbane um, since uh since COVID, obviously, a lot of people did move from the southern states yep, and, north, and yep. move, move north. Um, the Gold Coast has done in, insanely well. Uh, mind you, some of these markets hadn't performed that well for a decade prior to that. So, you know, we've got to look at these things in perspective. And also, at the moment, Adelaide's going through a bit of a boom because, again, for a decade prior to that, there wasn't a huge amount of new construction. And affordability is a big, big key thing as well. Um, mm. With this AUKUS agreement and you know uh, submarines and so forth being built in South Australia for the next couple of decades, that's going to bring employment. Uh, and a lot of people are suggesting that that's partly to do with Adelaide's price rises. But at the same time, if they haven't been building anything for the last decade, um, the East Coast has uh, uh, been very, very expensive to get into, especially with interest mm. rates rising. Adelaide then becomes. Uh, you know, uh, attractive again, and people are starting to move there for the lifestyle and for the affordable housing. So mm. it is it is a very interesting time to be in the property markets. Things are going yeah. to stabilise, especially once we see the RBA pausing for a little while, and um, we will, you know, I guess, see some sort of normalisation over the next six months. Mm. So as a long-time property investor, Luke, what's your instinct when it comes to the market we're sort of seeing at the moment? Well, I think to answer that, for me, it's business as usual. Um, when we're mm. looking at a long-term property investment, um, I guess my instinct is just to keep doing what I'm doing because it's working. Uh, and this is what we teach our members here at the Property Mentors as well, is that you know our, our long-term approach to investing means that we just adapt our strategy accordingly. Um, we can't control interest rates. We can't control inflation. Uh, we can't control with the U.S., uh, the Russian, the Chinese, or the um, the Australian government do these these things are going to happen around the world anyway. All we can look at is our own individual goals, our own individual uh, plan of attack on how we're building our portfolio, and of course, you know, how we're going to uh, you know set ourselves up for the future using property as the vehicle to get there. And I do expect that in 2023 uh, we will see some uh, either late this year or early next year we'll start seeing some rate drops. And uh, we'll start getting back to some sort of a normal uh, market. Of course, we never know what the future holds as far as uh, global uh, impacts or anything else that could be happening with, uh, you know, we've obviously got Russia and Ukraine. There's uh, issues with China and Taiwan. We've got obviously um, banks collapsing in the US. And there is a lot of international factors that can affect things like interest rates and our economy. But as an investor, we've just got to make sure we're focusing on our own investment goals and not freaking out every time something happens on the news and just making sure that we're looking at things in perspective. Things are going to get in the way. There's going to be interest rate changes and inflation, uh, changes to your job situation. All these things are going to happen and that's part of life. Uh, Mm. But it's how we manage these things along the way that's going to help us to be successful. Yeah, definitely. So thank you for sharing that. And seeing as it is a bit of a time to start saving, if you need some guidance managing your spending, we recommend listening to our podcast episode, Being a Tight Ass in Tough Times. Uh, trust me, you'll get something something good out of that. Um, but thank you for listening. I'll be back in your ears again next week. As always, thank you so much for your time today, Luke. Thanks, baby. Have a great day. If you found this episode or any of our episodes helpful, please make sure to share and leave a rating.
to help us reach more people on their investing journeys. And of course, subscribe to be notified when new episodes drop. Make sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at Investor Intelligence Podcast. You can find links to our other socials in the show notes, including a link to the Property Mentors weekly blog. If you're ready to get your property portfolio in shape for financial freedom, check out Luke's latest book, Property Fit. You can get yourself a copy at www.propertyfitbook.com.au.